Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the official Geekspeak podcast, which for the record we stand with WGA here, uh, WGA Strong. This is the 37th episode, and I'm your host, Sean. And joining as always is my co-host, Josh Floorhater. The dog days are all gone, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Also, happy belated birthday to Josh. His birthday was on April 28th. We didn't do an episode around then, but here it is. Happy birthday. Whoa, thank you. Also, I don't hate floors. Also, watch Guardians 3 so you can get the reference. You hate floor. I'm not going to say another word about that, but you do. How dare you? You also hate teefs. How um, dare you? <laughs> how have you been? I've been good. I've been tired. I've been working a lot. Just adulting. You know how it is. We, we last recorded April 3rd, 2023. It is currently May 7th, 2023. It's, a, well, it's been a, a bit. And our last episode is going out today. That <laughs> <laughs> We recorded based on the previous two weeks to do. So it's been a while. So our news, it, it's going to be a lot. This episode can be a news dump, as we've done a few times now, catching us up to speed, talking about what's happened in the past month or so. Um, so we do have our DCOM still. We don't have a main segment, though. We don't have a super weird story to make time for how long is it going to be in terms of our news discussion. But most episodes, we go to a different Disney Channel original movie, or DCOM for short, because Disney Channel, DCOM, uh, and we see how in a short period of time, the biggest company for media on Earth we see how they cater towards solely children with their decoms, but we have a pretty large table size, and we go through seeing quality changes, etc., in a short period of time. So today is not an exception to that. For once, we're actually doing it again. Whoa! And we, we actually watched one. Uh, the decom was called "Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire." When I told my girlfriend that, she said, "You didn't watch it with me." Apparently, she loved it. <laughs> so, like as a kid, like she she watches one a lot as a child, which I've heard a lot now. People actually do know this one. We have reached a decom, Josh, where people have watched. Weird. Which is weird. Also, I have asked you before in the past, watch anything good lately, good lately? But today I'm asking you, have you watched anything good lately and not in theaters? Not in and not theaters. with me. Hmm. I showed you recently Galaxy Quest for the first time. Yes, that was fun. That was very fun. Was it surprising to you seeing Rain Wilson as, a, as an alien? Yes, but it was it was fun. You watched Nice Guys with me. You showed me that movie because it was your birthday and we watched that together. Yeah. Uh... I'd never seen it before. No. I still love the line, I was questioning the mermaids. I think that's my favorite line. 
I rewatched Midsummer. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, and I had very mixed feelings on it when I originally saw it. But now that I've grown up and I've gotten a lot more cinema, cinema literate, I can say it is a good movie. I'm still not the biggest fan of the ending, but overall, it is very good. I I watched Over the Head since last recorded. <laughs> I've also watched Easy A. I've rewatched Zombieland, rewatched Perks of Wallflower, uh, the DND movie, which I saw in theaters, but it was still fun. Uh, and I watched Good Will Hunting again, which is the movie that made me a filmmaker, so that's cool seeing it again. Um, yeah. If you came from last episode, thinking we're really, going to this episode would be about the Mari movie, like it was supposed to be. Uh, that was... Things changed. Out a month ago. Yeah. Because we, wa- we, we watched the old OG Mari movie... To watch the the real the next the real one the next one next, but then a lot has happened since then. We figured this would be a better uh, use of our time. Like this weekend, Guardians three came out. Yes, it did. Is, and we'll get into that soon a little bit, but briefly because again we don't have time to have a whole episode about Guardians three right now. We'll see what happens next week if we're actually on time next week. Yes, and maybe we'll talk about it. Who knows? Uh, we watched a Disney Channel original movie this week. I had a lot of notes. It's called Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire from the year 2000 still, which is impressive. Now, if you follow our podcast, you know we watch a different one every week from the beginning of time until now, that being the 90s. That's, that's, that's when time started. Correct. Um, and we see changes, etc. But we also have had to skip now two of them. The very first one we've had to skip, which is Under Wraps from 1998. Which got remade recently, and it also has a sequel now. Which is so funny, because we still can't find the first one. Nope. But we also just had a skip now. Me inside of me, or, or the me who thinks... Something like that. The I think it was the other me. Which is funny, because when I looked it up of what was next, it was on Disney+. Plus. Then when we were going to go to watch it, it wasn't there anymore. It's just for us. They wanted to torment us. How they having it there. Well, if we can find it, we'll go back to it. If you guys have a, a link to it in a totally legal site way. In a legal site way, I don't, I don't do the pirating. Yeah, if you have a link, if you have a way for us to watch that, we'd love to go back and watch it. Because uh, we don't enjoy skipping around. We did it for Halloween Town because it was for Halloween, but we're not gonna do that even for holidays anymore. We're gonna leave it so because it feels like it's just too much of a weird jump in time to actually get a good gauge of how things are evolving. Yes. But we watched Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, which the title is true. She definitely <laughs> had a date with a vampire. And I love that it wasn't about her dating. It was literally about the one date. Yeah. I actually I like that a lot. Because I was afraid to be like, okay, now she has a boyfriend. Now they're, you know, I thought it was going to be like my, the stepsister, I thought it was going to be like the movie Stepsister from Planet Weird. How it kind of distracted the whole relationship in, in the movie. I'm like, oh, I was actually, I'd like that's just the one date. For better or worse. You know, things can go wrong. They can go haywire. You never know. But Josh, what happens in this movie? Let's see what happens. You got... Because you watch it today, right? Yes. So you got... Okay. You got middle school boy. He's like 12, 13. He's into monsters and other teenage stuff. He's also got, you know, very baggy clothes because that was the cool thing to do in the early 2000s. Not important to the character. Just thought I would mention it. And he can't do good on his report because he didn't do his report. So he started reading from a tabloid newspaper about vampires. And... Mama, she is single, she is sad, she can't handle all the kids and everything, so the kids set her up, and this is also a weird facet of time, by answering an ad in the newspaper for single men looking to date, and send the guy an email saying, hey, our mom is sad and horny, uh, we want her to get laid, um, and... That's not what they wrote. It's not what they wrote, but it's what they, it's what they implied. <laughs> 
if kids want to listen to this podcast, actually, you shouldn't listen to this podcast. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> uh, and then you see a coffin open up, and a guy start typing out of said coffin, which just makes you wonder: like, is he like leaning up to look, or was it just did he just do that for a dramatic effect for no one that was in the room? But that's besides the point. So a vampire answers the email because you know vampires email, and one thing leads to another. Mom starts going on vampires email. <laughs> Look, they may sleep in coffins, but they have, they know what technology is. Would they be using AOL at the time? Probably. Probably. There was not enough dial-up sounds in this. No, but maybe it was like, like for legal rights or something. I don't know. But Vampire meets Mom in the supermarket. There's also a weird guy with a fedora and he's suspicious. Turns out that's Van Helsing. And Van Helsing is American, which seems odd, but all right, I'll go for it. And you know, I think he's a descendant of the original Van House. Like he's part of the same family. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. But then, small younger brother, he sees he sees British man turn into vampire. He's just like, whoa, vampire! And the family is like, no, no, you dumb small child. There's there's no vampires. And you dumb small child. <laughs> and then on on the first day, and then on the day the day begins, they bring the small child to the to the parent. It's just like small child's being dumb. He thinks you're a vampire. And they do a fake spoon test to, f- to fool said child into being like, I'm not a vampire. Then younger brother looks in the mirror and sees, whoa, the spoon test was a lie. He is a vampire. You have gone through so much. Correct. I just said, what, what is it about? And you're like, no, here's the whole movie. Look, it's a weird one. I'm not going to give away everything because there's also not a lot to give away. But uh, brother pro- tries to prostitute sister for tickets. Vampire goes on singing dates, uh, dancing. He walks up walls. Uh, coffins get stolen. It's a it's a weird movie. So let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> all of this, Josh. I feel like I just let Josh loose, and he just like was telling his mom about the last thing he watched. <laughs> like that's good, honey. Whatever you say. Oh God, yeah. There's a lot here to unpack. Uh, what's the main kid's name? Uh, Adam. Adam. Okay. He is, I think, he's 13. Make a point of that. He says, he's 13. People keep thinking he's 12, which is, I hate that trope. I'm thinking, you know, eight-year-old kid. I mean, I'm 10. I'm like, shut up. That's not the point. He's obsessed with vampires and movies and, like, horror. And that's kind of fun. Not, like, horrific horror. Just, like, spooky kind of stuff. Yes. I want to point out that Linda Fletcher from Phineas and Ferb, the mom of Phineas and Ferb, is the mom in this, which is amazing. I, and I also she gets to sing in this and the show. I, yeah, we'll we'll get into that soon. So the opening movie opens with this, which I love this movie's opening. Actually, at first I was just like, wait, is this what the caliber of acting is going to be throughout the whole thing? Right? Oh no, <laughs> because it it has spoofs kind of old like hokey vampire movies, and it does it by playing a by basically just doing a really bad like I. Was like really annoying. Like, it's like this PD is terrible. These costumes are so bad. And then we zoom out, and you can see the CRT TV screen, and it's a kid watching that movie, an old vampire movie. And like that's fun. But here's the thing I don't like: his sister's rude. Yeah. Like this scene. Okay, this scene. The the house phone rings. Yes, we had we had home phones, and it's a cordless phone. He's watching a movie, and he's asked nicely, "Hey, would you mind going somewhere else with that? Because it's a cordless phone." You could go to other places in the house. That's why it was invented. And then she just grabbed the remote and muted the TV. He's like, what the, what the hell? He, had, he wasn't being rude by asking you to go. 
that's how you get your diary read. That was Josh. Is that a threat? No, I'm um, saying I'm saying that's how it worked at that age. Uh, it was just very odd to me. It's like, this is a weird conflict to even have. Could be like, yeah, no problem, and walked away. Like, it was that was bizarre. Or just add a cord to the phone and then make the conflict more make more sense. You know, all you had to do is make the phone not cordless. That's literally it. Also, I wrote, "God damn, the internet was so slow." I'm glad we lived today. Yeah, like I was, I was like, "Are they doing that for dramatic effect?" I was just like, "No, that was how it was back then." Also, the browsers were terrible. Um, yeah, print was one of the buttons in the browser, which I thought was very funny. Early two thousands fashion sucks. Baggy, bright colored clothes, uh, gelled up hair, and the the necklace he wore. I'm like, this is amusing. It's like he was in the Scooby Doo live action movie on the island to me. They mentioned the Harvest Festival because I guess it's like it's you know harvest time. It's fall. And I'm like, is this Pawnee, Indiana? Where is my Leslie Nope? All I thought about with with Harvest Festival. Uh, one of my early notes about or about this actually, and I say it true throughout, but I questioned a few times because the cinematography in this is actually really good, but the lighting sucks. Yeah, like the way shots are framed and the way the camera moves, like actually has thought put into it, but it very clearly has like that quick like decom like vibe to it just like we don't have much time to shoot this so just fully light everything so you can tell where everything is and then go on and read lines like, we will only use the house lights that's it it's like cool this is not the best situation to use which like if you're shooting like a sitcom then fine there's nothing wrong with that but for a movie you gotta add a bit of dynamic lighting here and there especially for a movie that you know is meant to be watched around halloween yeah that was one of my bigger issues also the vampire guy was just the most boring ass man in the world <laughs> at first when you meet him in the supermarket like he's got a bit of charm to him he's he's good at flirting but then afterwards just like man there's, there's really nothing to this dude it's a different character also he was wearing like a blue polo shirt floating in that scene and he's like then after that point it's like all black it's like you could have just i don't know bizarre maybe hide it more <laughs> like there's the suckies out of the supermarket where they where they meet with them you know the we josh mentioned earlier that the, that the children sold their mom off to, to go on a date. Uh, and it was a very bizarre situation to have. By answering and, an ad in the newspaper for it, like, and I guess this was a thing of, like, because dating sites hadn't become a thing yet, so you would just, I guess, put posts in the newspaper like it was Craigslist? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> One thing about that was, why in the world did the man actually go to a children's response because they said it's for their mom imagine being a, an adult man vampire or not and thinking you know i'm gonna go to where these children say this will end well it, like, it's a, it's an odd one to say the least it's an odd choice it's an odd choice for a decom to make like as the writer and there's more of that later on with uh the littlest kid invites a grown man to their house and the babysitter's like yeah cool <laughs> it's a very bizarre situation to see it's like Teaching kids, yeah, this is okay. Trust adult men. These grown men who are in their 40s or 50s. Yep, this is a good plan. He says he kills vampires for a living, so obviously invite him into your house. Also, you brought up earlier that the main kid, Adam, had to write a paper he didn't do about who he admires most. They got, he was picked on in class to present this paper, which he didn't have prepared. And honestly, who I admire most about a vampire hunter is at least interesting. It's not at all what you would expect, but uh, right. I'd be like, all right, let's see what you got, kid. Also, if he's going to BS through it, at least let him finish it instead of, like, the two minutes. Because, like, you never know. He might have turned out to do an amazing oral paper for you. <laughs> you just let the guy finish. 
I was excited to hear what he was going to say, but then this whole, like, where's your thesis statement? Where's your conclusion? I want to hear the structure. Also, because he didn't do his paper, and the school... Weird thing. The school called his mom for him not doing a paper. Bizarre thing. Like, just called their house phone because he didn't do a paper. And not like, hey, calling the school to let you know he has attention. That's it. Just he didn't do his homework. Really weird thing to do. That's not how schools work. No. But in doing so, his mom grounds him. And there's one thing I don't get behind. I Grounding kids is fine, I guess. Whatever. They do the wrong thing. That's fine. My thing is, as a future parent to be at one point in my life, hopefully, uh, I am never in favor of grounding kids uh, if if grounding remove it removes once-in-a-lifetime events. Like, if a kid is going to go to prom, but they are grounded, I feel like the grounding should happen up until the prom, then go to prom, have fun, and then come back and, and they're grounded again. Yeah, like, he, the kid literally, like, makes a deal with his mom. He's just like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Instead of grounding me for that one day, ground me for the whole week afterwards. I will gladly take no video games, no TV. Just let me go to this one thing. And the, because, uh, like, you can still learn your lesson and get your punishment forever while also not losing a core memory of your life. Like, that's so stupid. And I understand the plan's point of view of, like, then, but if I make a deal, they'll never learn. They'll, you know... Maybe act like a like you respect your children enough to understand where they're coming from as well. Because kids make mistakes, as do you. Like, it's that's a dumb thing. After that point, to try... Because the sister also wanted to go out and be with a boy and stuff and was, wasn't going to be able to. They made a plan. The plan was to get their mom out of the house. Like, okay, they answered the, the newspaper ad and they got their mom a date that night of the Harvest Festival where, he wanted to go to, where the kid wanted to go to the concert. And also where... The girl wanted to go on a date. They got it all lined up. Next day, they guilt-tripped her so fucking much about how life was better when you were when you were dating someone you had up when you weren't single. <laughs> it was so fucked up. This, this movie has a weird view on relationships. It was like at breakfast. It was like, uh, you know, I'm, I I miss how life was before when we weren't divorced. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> You think she chose this? Like, this is not... This is a weird stance to take on divorce. And it was really funny because they were like, uh, you know, I just... I miss when we had pancakes. And she's like, I could make pancakes for you all. No. With chocolate chips. And she's like, I'm sorry. It was like, it's the small thing. Like, like, God damn, just be nice to your mom. What has she done wrong to you? Hey, mom. Remember when you were married to dad? Yeah, what of it? Life was better. (laughs) Like it'd be it'd be one thing if the if it was like a genuine like they wanted their mom to be happy again and so they did that but no they do it for selfish purposes which feels wrong. It's all kind of fucked fact up fucked up in my in you're not, now. You're not in Ireland. And then moving on, when they actually arrange this meeting for the mom to meet someone at a supermarket. They see a guy. The, the description of the man was suave, debonair, man of the world, travels a lot, something like that. And they see the, the girl. The sister says, "Suave, debonair, man of the world." He was probably making the whole thing up. And then they see a man walk up in a trench coat and fedora. And then she says, "That is so the guy." <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Why is that your? <laughs> it's I get like your children, but like that's. Even, like, at 12, that shouldn't scream. Like, that man's seen the world. I just love it. The trench coat and a fedora. You know, he is so the guy. He has seen... He is suave, <laughs> debonair. That was amazing. But the guy in the polo is the real guy. I like that the that the trench coat guy was Van Helsing. I like that he was actually the vampire under that. 
that he was the vampire hunter at the beginning of the, of the movie Adam talked about in class. Yeah. Without knowing it. He's also kind of bad at his job. Who is he calling? Who is he talking to? So the vampire hunter makes calls saying, yeah, he the vampire's in the area. I, I knew he's here. I, just, I didn't know where he yet. Who is he talking to on the phone? The Secret Society of Vampire Hunters, of course. He's reporting to someone. It was like, aren't you the hunter? Who are you reporting to? Maybe he's reporting to Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Maybe that's Why are you dressed like Dick Tracy? (laughs) (laughs) This is so bizarre. This movie irks me in weird ways. I will say, though, compared to Quince, I will happily take this over that any day of the week. Quince was a bizarre movie. It was a thing. It's just sketch that the dude even came to the meetup knowing the kid started it still. That's just a sketch thing. Yeah, I I get the idea, like, you know, he's a vampire, so, like, nothing can touch him. But even still, like, no, don't do that, dude. Because, like, if anyone finds out, and it's a public place, you'll have everyone there. Not, like, it could be get out. That could be a problem fast. What do you do? Murder the entire room? Actually, you might. We've seen Renfield. <laughs> this is just a bizarre time, right? It's a It's a weird one, to say the least. But then they go on the date. The vampire and the mom, they go on a date after she's hesitant. Uh, one thing I like about this mom a lot is she knows what who she is and what she wants in life. Yeah. she's a, She likes to be herself, and I really like that. That that like, was honestly, like, my favorite part of it, because by, like, the end of the... By the end of the date, she kind of realizes... Because she gets to, like, sing again and, like, have fun, and, like, something she hasn't gotten to do, and she's just like, that. that's what I want to be, like, more so myself. I don't really need someone else in my life at this time. Like, that's very mature. And not like she's against things when she's like, we just didn't click, and that's that's great. And I love that. It was my favorite moment in the whole movie was that she says that we just didn't click, and that's okay. That was great. I... We'll say on the date, they have a date at a restaurant and stuff, and it's all nice. The waiter offers garlic bread, and of course, he says no, but he barks no at her, like, yeah, screams it. And that's when on a date, I would have just walked out. If you treat waitstaff badly, I will never talk to you again. Yeah, like, I, even, like, with, even with us being, like, a vampire story, it's just, like, you can't be, like, the least bit subtle, dude. It's like, no! Like, okay, I'm gonna leave now, you are, you're insane. Also on that, like you said earlier, they came. To, the kids came to the restaurant to see their date. Adam, main kid, noticed the mirror, saying that he doesn't have a reflection on the date. How many double takes did this kid fucking do? He took so back many. And forth? He looked at the rest. It was like a solid minute of him looking at the mirror and then back at the at the guy looking at the mirror, back at the guy saying, "You're really emphasizing the fact that this is not in the mirror." It was a uh, it was a weird time. I will say this movie had one really good line. Uh, or at least one good, good line delivery. It will make no sense out of context, but the way he was, he said to the mom that she has a fire inside her, and his line next was saying, "I think it might be time to let that fire burn." That is a that's a that's a good line. That is a good line. It was a great delivery too. I wish every moment could be that as good as a delivery, but he was just kind of bland. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because they had to make up new vampire lore because they could, couldn't have him do actual vampire stuff because it's a kids movie. Yeah. Like, he can walk on walls. That's interesting. Why? No, no reason. Like, can vampires do that? And the kid's like, yeah, why not? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I also love the detail that when Adam told his sister that in the mirror, he couldn't see the reflection. The sister's like, yeah, I believe you. It took a minute. But I love, love, love in any kind of horror or spooky media where someone actually believes someone's saying something crazy. Like in Lights Out, the boyfriend believes her. 
And yeah. it's my favorite moment in the whole movie. It yeah. subverts that so well. Like, yeah, maybe the person you've been dating or be, or known your entire life or for months or whatever isn't just fucking lying to you all of a sudden. Not everything in the world is black and white. Yeah, it's nice. Or at least go with them to see what they're talking about. That was a good, like, I liked that. Yeah, it's just like, if someone is like, that you've known for a while is like acting like this and saying these things, just like, okay, something is going on. I don't know if it's like as crazy as what, it's, what they're saying is, but something's going on. At one point, I had, to, I had to turn captions on to make sure I heard it right. And I did. What the fuck is rockabilly music? <clears throat> I have no idea. There's a line in this. I feel like I'm talking about rockabilly music. Because apparently, the mom in this has a secret past as a singer. Which is the same thing as a famous verb. <laughs> yeah! And I think that's... And they all know who she is there. So she was a rockabilly singer who was well-known, and it's something that she has given up, maybe since having kids, just like in Phineas and Ferb. And I find that very bizarre. My thought is, Dan Poppenmeyer or Swampy Marsh saw this and said, let's do that again. My favorite line in the whole movie, not the delivery, but favorite line was, I'm 13, and I'm a vampire. <laughs> they, he just kept saying, do you all not get it? I'm a vampire. And I was like, what is this movie happening? The third act this is so bad. The third act is uh, kind of like where it like falls apart. It's just like in the Boogeyman one, the Under the Bed, whatever it was. Yeah. The, the, the first two acts, kind of fun time, really good vibes. And the end is like, what is it? Why? Same here. It's just a, the vampire also doesn't do a lot. Like he kind of just stands around and let things happen. Also, the sister says to, the little, to Adam, the main brother, I don't care what anyone else says. You're all right. It feels so weird here because your siblings, not someone you've just met, and no one has said a single thing bad about him in this movie. It's like, what do you... I don't care what it says. You're all right. You've known me your, my whole life. <laughs> what is this? What is happening? What are my... The response should be, what are people saying about me? He doesn't respond to it. <laughs> it just... There's a lot of weird lines, like, weird moments like that where just something happens and nothing ever acknowledges it. I'm like, ah... Moving on, the line, what is it with this family? Don't you get it? You're kids. I'm a vampire. And then the main kid goes, yeah, right. What do you mean, yeah, right? Everything you said is factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> and you're well aware of this at this point. This movie is so bizarre. Do you give this film overall, Josh, a yay or a nay? I'll give it a yay. I honestly had fun with it. I, I want to give it a yay, but I won't because I... I'm so confused by so many things. <laughs> so, and not in interesting ways. Just things like the, uh, your kids, I'm a vampire. Yeah, right. It's like, there's a lot of lines like that. It's like, how did you get past the scripting stage? I'm I'm so confused. Or the end line, one of the last lines in the movie is the Van Helsing ends up going on a date with the mom because you know, it's, it's a better option, I guess, because she has to have two options. And she, he says to her, have you ever tried them with chocolate chips? Referring to pancakes? First off, everyone in the world has. Second off, you're like in your 40s. Why are you suggesting this to a grown woman? <laughs> this is a bizarre scenario. I am confused by everything happening, but I'm I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, uh, where do you rank this one? Uh... <sighs> okay, I'll just say, just say above or below. I'm going to say movie, okay? Okay. You lucky dog, above or below? Below. Brink. Slightly below. Halloween Town. Equal footing. <laughs> Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. 
above. Can of worms. Below. 13th year. I I don't know. I love how this is so hard for you. Because <laughs> guess what, Josh? Art, what we say here does not matter. Next week, it will all change again anyway. True. 13th year. Above, this is, is this above or below that? I'll put it below. Uh, Halloween Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. Slightly below. Johnny Tsunami? Above. Smart House? Slightly below. Genius? Below. Don't look under the bed. Uh, hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, Why would you ever say that movie was so much fun? Yeah, I'll go for below. Horse sense. Above. (laughs) Up, up, and away. Above. Color of Friendship. Below. Alley Cat Strike. Above. Rip Girls. Above. (laughs) Miracle in Lane 2. Uh, below. Stepsister from Planet Weird. Did we watch that one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember any of it. Uh, it's the, the, the bubble people. Remember the gas bubbles? I completely forgot about that. Above. This was, that was like the, our last two ones. And Quince. <laughs> Above. So I guess Stepsister left the least impact on me out of all See, of it's them. funny to me, because for me, I would say either Rip Girls or Alley Cat Strike left the least impact on me. I at least remember small things from those. I don't remember a thing from Stepsister until you said the bubble people. I think you remember more if I described a little more. Like, remember the freeze gun and the weird, like, the spiritual woman who was next door and how the, divor- the, the divorced dad was, like, at the wedding? Remember that stuff? Honestly, not really. We should watch it again, Josh. <laughs> I would prefer not to. I would say this was is below, like, half of these. I think I enjoyed Horse Sense the least, but I remember it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. I had someone on the on a TikTok recently say that Horse Hunts was one of their favorites of all DCOMs. And I had concerns. That is... If you love Horse Hunts, that's great for you. We did not vibe with it. It's it's so boring. It really was. Do you have any more thoughts on Mom's Got Hit the Vampire? It's a fun distraction at Halloween, but there are better... Halloween kid movies that you could watch. We did not talk nearly enough about the pimping out of his sister. He, um, he tried to prostitute his sister for a ticket without ever telling her. Like, you have to tell her at some point. And when she found out, she was rightfully mad. <laughs> yes, but also, like, you could tell he felt, like, she should have told, could tell he felt bad about what he did. And he never, for whatever reason, like, he didn't, he wasn't trying to do anything about it. And you can't go, she walked away immediately. Like, you can't go walking away now. This is an imperative time. You have to stick together to find your to save your mom. This is not the time to squabble. It is one thing to get mad. Yes, put a pin in it. Talk about it later. Save mom first. Go to therapy and then to discuss. <laughs> uh, that's our decom, Josh. It's a time. Do we have another one next. What's the next one? Our next one is Phantom of the uh, Phantom of the Megaplex. And after that, the ult- after that, the ultimate Christmas present. That I remember that one. What the hell is that? You've never seen it. Never heard of it. What? It has bred the song in it. I haven't seen a lot of decoms, Josh. It's part of the fun of this thing. Josh, movies have been released since we last recorded. They have? Quite a few. Oh. We have... And just give a, a yay or an H you see... If, n- yay, nay, or haven't seen it, okay? <laughs> okay. Air. Yay. Mario. Mixed yay. Once a ranger, always a ranger. Nah, haven't seen. Ghosted. Haven't seen. Evil Dead Rise. Yay. Peter Pan and Wendy. Haven't seen. 
Bo is afraid. Mixed. Just mixed. <laughs> Josh is too scared to say anything. I don't know what to say is the problem. Beef. Uh, yay. Ted Lasso Season 3. Partial yay because I haven't seen the whole thing. Renfield. Yay. I've seen Air. I, I, I'm going to give yay Air. Yay Mario. Yeah, well, sure. Once a Ranger, always a Ranger. I have not seen, but I, I can get into why. It's a, it's a lot. Um, Ghosted, I have not seen, but I love how whiny Chris Pratt... Uh, Chris, nope. Uh, <laughs> how whiny Chris Evans looks in the clips I've seen. Evil Dead Rise, I've seen no Evil Dead films yet. Peter Pan and Wendy, I checked out after 10 minutes because I got really upset. I'm a huge Peter Pan enthusiast and fan, and Josh knows it's my favorite character of all time. So I am very, very critical of Peter Pan media. I watched Pan opening day. Um, if you could watch Pan, then you could watch Peter Pan and Wendy. Pan was different enough. Like, it wasn't the same story. So at least I had... I'm like, let's see where it's going to go. This was like, you're just butchering every, every single plot point so far. Every single detail. I uh, was afraid I've not seen yet. I'm nervous to see it, but it looks so much, so much fun to me. Beef, I've not seen. Ted Lasso Season 3, I will be starting watching this week. Renfield is very fun, but also tonally a mess. Have me, do you have anything you want to say about any of these movies? I think Air is really good. Air is very good. It is a very fun time. Beef is very good. Mario... You didn't Oof. love. Okay, so first time I saw it, I saw it with my little brother, packed theater. Overall, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't think it was anything especially strong. I didn't think it was especially that funny, but it's it's okay. And I saw it again because I wanted to refresh my brain and just, like, see what it was like. I was the only one in the theater. That very much affected the experience because without, like, the kids constantly, like, you know, laughing and cheering and everything, I was just like, man, there is, like no funny jokes in this and it's very weird that most of the comedy doesn't work because it's from the directors of teen titans go to the movies which is a very funny movie and like there's so many jokes in here where the timing of the delivery is completely off there's just no real personalities to most of the characters and just things just feel off with the whole thing one of something kind of weird yes apparently the japanese version has a slightly different script fascinating I'm very curious. I think Mario, you, you said before it felt fast. It is very fast. Like, too fast. <laughs> Mario should have said, it should have been, there should have been at least two plots happening. First, save Luigi, then stop Bowser. Luigi was not in this movie. Not really. He was at first, and then he's completely forgotten about. It's very funny, considering the last movie we had watched with Mario, Luigi was the main character, <laughs> with John Leguizamo. What's funny about Bowser's, Bowser's plan is very stupid because he wants he gets the power star so he can take over the mushroom kingdom and he's going to take it over by marrying peach but if she rejects him he's going to destroy the mushroom kingdom i'm like dude make up your mind do you want to rule them or do you want to destroy them you can't have it both ways (laughs) well it's it's marry me or die kind of thing or destroy destroy that's the but he says that he wants to take it over, but then he's like, I'm going to destroy you. I'm like, dude, what is your goal here aside from the marriage? Look, Ben, he had reptile brain. Remember the de-evolutionizer in the last movie? Look, I'll give the original this. That had far more creativity than this one did. You said before to me, you'd rather watch this one than the OG. Is that still true? I said that? Yeah. I kind of take that back after rewatching this I would rather watch... See, I haven't told you any of my thoughts on Mario movie really yet. I would rather watch the 90s movie 100 times over the new one. Yeah. Because I actively 
I think this one's at least fun. I don't, I don't, I don't have an opinion on the new one, honestly. I have, it's like, you know what? I wish the trailers showed less, because I think people would like, would have more fun in this movie. Like, even, because there's, most of the Easter eggs are in the trailers. There's some clever Easter eggs. I'll, get, there I'll are. give them that. There's some cool things like that, but the movie is just a Where's Waldo of, hey, remember that thing? And, like, God, the, the needle drops are so, they're, they, by the end, they become obnoxious. I'm just like, yes, I've heard this song before. This doesn't add anything to the moment. So what's I, the point? I wish literally any single thing had stakes in the movie. Like, literally, like, like uh, Mario and DK fall and don't get, uh, you know, get stuck somewhere. They get out right away. Like, it's like, oh, nothing really has consequences. That's wonderful. What's funny is they try to have a character building moment between the two of them and try to have some emotional moment of just like my dad never believed in me oh yeah my dad thinks i'm a joke i counted literally two seconds after dk said that that he was like yeah your dad was right i'm just like all right so there's no emotions and it's good to know that they did that they tried and they were me like eh never mind the movie is fine (laughs) i'll watch it again i won't be happy about watching it again though it looks fantastic the animation as always with illumination looks fantastic once ranger always ranger I think it is too late, first off. I think I, my biggest problem with it is adding, like, it, it says dedicated to it's the actor who played original Trini, who passed away many, many years ago, um, who the original Yellow Ranger, and they also added dedicated to Jason David Frank, who was the Green Ranger, Tommy, who was the most famous Power Ranger of all time, uh, who also passed away last year. And my thought is, I don't think I should have dedicated it to him, not in a mean way, because he was alive when this was being made and he said no to being in it. So it felt really disingenuous to like say, in loving memory of these two people, I'm like, this is a, he didn't want to be a part of this. So why would you, that felt just weird to me. And there's a lot of weird, we has weird vibes in general. It's too, it's just, it's a little bizarre. Also, I, I don't like, sometimes killing a character in media after the actor died is a weird route to take. I think here it was a weird route to take to have original Trini be murdered like in the universe I'm like that's not very nice you could even if you died she could die in a nicer way than being murdered like at least t'challa it wasn't like he had a gruesome death like you could have there's some grace to it you know a fascinating choice to say the least yeah they had like a uh, reader repulsive them one of you've seen you might i know of the i know of reader repulsive from the new, from the new movie okay well she's also the original show yeah uh she killed Trini. Apparently, I'm like, oh, that's dark. why would you? Why would you do this? Why would you do this? This is a bad choice. But uh, other than that, like, I haven't watched it because I because of that. I feel like this feels weird to me. It feels a little icky. Uh, the idea is fun. That's about it at that point. Ghosted. I haven't. I don't have. I have Apple TV. I haven't signed in yet to my TV to it. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're just lazy. That's really all it comes down to. Any other thoughts on these movies and shows that come out recently or anything else that come out came out in the past month? They're like, that's fun. Or no? I did start Pete Davidson's new Peacock show, Bubkiss. Uh, Joe Pesci is in it. Never thought I'd see him in a comedy with Pete Davidson, but I have, and I'm very much enjoying it. I did finally watch D&D. That was a fun one. That was very fun. I watched a double feature of D&D and Mario back-to-back. I, Mario was not as fun as D&D. <laughs> oh, also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out, but I'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. That'll be more toward the very end in our, in our Marvel stuff. Moving on, Josh, to video game adaptation news, which there's quite a lot of, actually. Yes, because mainly because of the success of Mario. Let's talk about Last of Us, a show you have the least tolerated. 
Like, I think Josh is like the least big. Uh, I think if you knew the podcast, Josh has never been a fan of Last of Us. He's he hates the games. He hates them. I I try to make it as crystal clear as I can every time I talk about it. But I think people have been getting the wrong idea that I really love and the games. Somehow people think that he watched the show with like enjoyment and like wonder. Like you listen to our Last of Us episode, you can tell he's not a big fan. Clearly, me. I'm like the biggest fan in the world. I have uh, played every game a million times, all ten of them. Um, they're my favorite long-running series for the past 25 years. Um, so that's, that's my thing. That's honestly my whole life is Glass of Us, whereas Josh is like a little fungus-eater bitch, and he doesn't like it. <laughs> All right. Then. Anyway, Craig Mason. Also, because it's audio only and tone is random, I'm going to say right now, that was a joke. People sometimes don't know what jokes are. That was a joke. Craig Mason says the plan is to do The Last of Us, not just for one more season. He said, and I quote, we should be around for a while, according to Deadline. To find a while, Craig Mazin, hopefully not more than like three seasons, unless there's another game coming out still. I don't want them to overstay their welcome. I want them to do it for as long as, you know, they need to tell the story. Yeah, I, I don't really care. Be around for a while, it seems a little odd, but I like the show so far, so why not? You've also watched Mario twice now, because you're a, a, a masochist. Correct. And Jack Black said, apparently, because you played Bowser in it, you know, and he was one his wonderful outfits, by the way. Jack Black wants Pedro Pascal to voice Wario in Super Mario Bros. movie sequel. How would you feel if he was Mario and John Leguizamo was Waluigi? <laughs> After his very nonsensical boycott. It would, it would be something. Cast Danny DeVito as, as Wario, just because. Like, every, everyone wants it, and I'm willing to bet he'd say yes to it. But Peter Pascal, I'll give that a, that's a, that is a yay. If, if I get Jack Black, he wouldn't think of him for that. It's great. Yeah. Also, if, if you're new to the podcast in general, we usually say yay or nay to news. It means almost nothing besides just, what's the vibe right now? Correct. <laughs> what, what are we feeling? And it can be for a dumb reason. It's all fine. Live action Street Fighter news, Josh. Oh, yeah. It's in the works. <laughs> that's the news. They're making a Street Fighter live action film with Legendary. I have no opinion. I have played like a Street Fighter game like one time, and that's that's all I have to say about it. Well, I have more of an opinion on this thing, and that's the Minecraft movie starring Jason Momoa as Steve from Minecraft. Apparently, will release on April fourth, twenty twenty five. Jason Momoa as Steve. That's why it looks. I'm guessing he's gonna be Steve. Who else would he be? I don't know. No, I just want Jason Momoa trapped in the Minecraft world. Uh, but like. Legitimately, though, realistically, he's going to be playing Steve, right? I don't Just know. The, is it going to be any... I want it to be live action. <laughs> Make this a live action movie. The less I know about this movie, the better. It's just him in a blue screen room alone. <laughs> That's all I want. Cut me out. I, I will give this a, a yay, because at least it's something. Whereas the movie's been in development hell for like 10 years now, pretty much. So like, yeah, whatever. You know? Yep. Yay! I have a long. I've been playing Minecraft for like uh, some since it's come out, pretty much. Josh has been playing it loosely for you know like a year, very loosely. So yep. mostly just mini games at this point. <laughs> and yeah, I think Josh is the best Bed Wars player in the world. I would disagree with that, but okay. We have FNAF news. FNAF. Do you care about Finance Freddy's? I remember when it came out, how big it was. That's it. You watched Markiplier play it? Yes. You also have FNAF VR. Yes, I do. The live-action movie starring Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutcherson and other fun people it will release October 27th in theaters this year. 
Neat. That's soon. That feels it was just announced. Look right. It feels bizarre. Well, it's been in development hell since like 2015, and they finally filmed it like a few months ago. That's a very fast thing from announcing to the public too. Coming out the same year. That's pretty cool. I like that. Also, alongside that, we have the news that it's going to come out on Peacock on the same day. God damn it. Why Why has <laughs> Universal not learned from the Halloween movies doing poor at the box office because they did this exact crap? Peacock and in theaters, same day FNAF. How do you feel about this, Josh? 1 to 10 scale of how happy you are for it. Negative 7. That's not 1 to 10. Too bad. You're bad at math. That's why you're a film <laughs> student and not a... <laughs> Normal student. Oh, got you. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I, I, it should be in theaters only. That's all. Yay or nay on FNAF release date coming out this year? Uh, yay. Also, October 27th is a good time for that. That's our video game news. Woo! We gonna have Mario movies and Flash movies and... Oh, FNAF. We're FNAF movies and Jack Black <laughs> and Blasphemous and more. We have Shrek news. Shrek! Which is the weirdest fucking sentence to say in a long time. Why is Shrek still happening? We have Shrek 5 news specifically. And that's that Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, Eddie Murphy are all in early talks for Shrek 5. And the entire like voice cast is like has tremendous enthusiasm for it right now. Good. Supposedly, also, there might be a there's potential plans for a donkey spin-off. Interesting. And you know what? Sure. I have not watched either Puss in Boots movie yet still. Ah, you fool! I've also only seen Shrek 4 one time. But you know what? I would watch the hell out of Shrek 5. I'll be there day one in theaters. Would you watch it? Yes. Would you, would you watch it? You'd watch it? You, you'd watch it? you watch it? Maybe. You sure you watch it? Yes. Okay, good. I had to make sure. Do you like Barbies? Do you play with dolls? Are you a big doll guy? Not particularly, no. You're not a doll connoisseur? Not really. Personally, I think you are. Oh. I, I'm aware of your doll habits. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, Barbie's coming out, as you know. We're both excited for it. And John Cena was just cast in the Barbie movie. I love it. I don't like his face. <laughs> so, like, no. I think that John Cena's probably fine. I have only seen him, really, in a few small things. I have liked him in nothing. Well, you're incorrect. I'm not against him. The part. I just, he's not my favorite actor right now. That's that's not me hating him. Again, I have not watched Peacemaker yet. I almost said Peacemaker. I've not watched Peacemaker yet. My mind could change. I don't know. But we also have new Barbie character posters. Were you a fan of those? Yes. I love the, she's everything. He's just Ken. It's great. And he's another Ken. He's, a, he's another Ken. And all the other types of Barbies, but then, it's just, you know, he's Ken. That made me very happy. Yes. Who who will be the Barbie to your Just Ken, Josh? I have no idea. I think it'll be Margot Robbie. Ah, interesting. Margot Robbie will always be your Barbie. What am I saying? Jesus Christ, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dylan, uh, his biopic starring Timothy Chalamet, or Timothy, will be filming in August, and I wrote in parentheses, we'll see, because, you know, stuff's happening right now in the world, and we'll get to that soon. I mean, he Timothy Chalamet looks at like Bob Dylan, sure. I don't really want a Bob Dylan biopic. I don't really want biopics in general most of the time. I I am done with biopics. And it's another musical one, probably because it's, you know, it's Bob Dylan. Your favorite genre of movie. Sure. I think that Josh should watch more biopics. Should I? 
I think I should lock you in a room. That's a good start to sentence. And I should put, <laughs> I should put a TV there and make you watch uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Elvis on a loop. I'm good. You would love it. You would not go insane within two hours. But Bob Dylan's Bob Pick, if it does fill in August, hypothetically, would you be okay with that? Would you give that a yay or a nay? I don't know. Yay or nay to John Cena and Barbie? Hard yay. Yay or nay to the new Barbie posters? Yay. We have weird news about HBO Max. So as you're already aware, HBO Max this month is changing their name from HBO Max and Discovery Plus. I'll title one service now just called Max. It's a, they're changing the purple to blue even. <sighs> I, it's so stupid. I hate it. Also, it comes with new pricing plans. Of course it does. It's so stupid. You can max debut on May 23rd, and there'll be three price ranges with ads for $9.99 a month, ad free for $15.99 a month, or ultimate ad free for $19.99 a month. What is there? Ad free implies no ads, right? What are you offering that's ultimate ad free? My favorite reply to this is from Pluto TV saying Pluto TV is $0. <laughs> and, like, that's a good way to advertise, but this is stupid. Yeah. It's... I'm not. I'm not <sighs> against change as long as change makes sense. You know, I don't. I think removing the HBO is bad for branding. It's very stupid for branding. Like, how do you see? How do you see the success of The Last of Us, Barry, Succession that all have HBO on it? It's just like you know what? Let's take that out of it. That will make things better. I think part of the idea is they want to be more geared toward a family and. Like, you know, Netflix is like, everyone can watch that. But whereas people think that HBO is elite, I guess. And that's so stupid. No one thinks that. <laughs> that's what they think people think. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not, no one's going to think that when you put, when you start advertising the 90 Day Fiancé Cinematic Universe, whatever it was that they called it. That was so funny. Dear God, that the summer's been wild. We have Chicken Run 2 casting news? As we should. Which is a bizarre sentence. Uh, Chicken Run is a great film, and we're getting a sequel. Of course, they had to recast most people because it's been a long time. It has been a while. We have Molly and Ginger, uh, voiced by Bella Ramsey as Molly, and Thandiwi Newton as Ginger. Tandy Newton. Tandy. I've never heard the name pronounced before, like, out loud, so I didn't know how to say it. It's called Chicken Run Dawn of the Nugget, which, honestly, (laughs) that's a great idea. Because we gotta have chicken nuggets. I ate McDonald's the other day. It was worth it. Uh, we also have Zucker Levi as Rocky. You know the the crazy guy, the, the the stunt guy. Originally voiced by Mel Gibson. Was he really? Yes. Oh dear God. That is why he was recast. <laughs> uh, David Bradley is Fowler. Was he Fowler originally? Uh, I don't know. We also have uh, Jane Horrocks as Babs, aka the Wool Specialist. And Imelda Staunton as Bunty, the muscle. And this is a wonderful cast. I am down. Yay? Yay. Bella Ramsey is just great. I I love Bella and everything. We have news that is, to some people tragic, to some people happy, to other people indifferent. James Corden's Late Late Show has now concluded. I can drive in peace. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. I have seen them stop cars before, and I have driven the other way. No more! <laughs> no more. But now someone else will take his place, I'm sure. It'll become a new era of chaos, I'm sure, at some point. Because nothing in Los Angeles is ever calm. No. <sighs> but for now... I, actually, what I, I can't drive in peace. I'm in LA. There's 8 million fucking people. What am I saying? <laughs> but uh, it's a sad thing in general to have anyone show in. And I'm sure he's... He said he's ready to go back home into his family, like to, you know, all his, his whole life. He uprooted his life to come here and do this. So that's a big change. And I guess it's time. It will be time to come back at some point. Yeah. So uh, whether you love him or hate him or whatever, this is still news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it's this is still sad news, but if you love him or hate him, you know, if you hate him, it might not be sad news. So it's just, it's just news. Yay for Oompa Loompas with Hugh Grant, Josh. I love Hugh Grant's career right now. It's so good. Hugh- Kiwi playing an Oompa Loompa, which makes me hope for so much. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people have been saying that they don't want to be treated. Like, they want Oompa Loompas to be different in this movie, like how they're changing the dwarves in Snow White. Just cast a bunch of people as Oompa Loompas. You could have little people there. You could have tall people there. You could have, you know, people different races. Like, just have them be what they're called. Just have a group, group of people, you know? That'd be a better way to do it. Also, not have them be slaves. Because originally, in the book... They're from Africa, and he took them. Wonka's yeah. not the best dude. Yeah, real doll. Like you, you read between the lines of that book. Like it, Wonka's a messed up dude. I think both Depp and Wilder have shown that as well in their portrayals. <laughs> but Hugh Grant, as, I want Hugh Grant to be every Oompa actually. That <laughs> I just would that be too much Hugh Grant for one movie though? No, I hope they don't just like size him down though, because that would be really problematic to me at this point. It's like just like just. just have him be a dude, a silly little goofball. Silly goofball. Yay on him being a blooper potentially. Yay, yay. 
You like Isaiah Zanzari? Yes. He is having his directorial debut soon with good fortune. Uh, the comedy will star himself alongside Keanu Reeves and Seth Rogen in a movie together. I find this, I find it funny that this is the second time that we've had this kind of headline because this wasn't originally supposed to be his directorial debut. What was the first one? There was a film that he was shooting like a year ago. I don't remember who all was in it. Seth Rogen might have been in it, but uh, it was him and uh, Bill Murray was also in it. But that was when stuff came out about Bill Bill Murray like saying and or doing some pretty bad things uh, on ah. the set. And so they shut it down and now it is now he's completely shifted over to this new project altogether because of it. Thanks, I hate it. Yes. Uh, we also have Bugs Bunny news. As we should. We have a new live action slash animated hybrid Bugs Bunny movie reportedly in the works right now. And I am indifferent, but sure. Make it the same way you made Smurfs. That's a good plan. Do we want that, though? I think it'd be fun if it was more like uh, Mary Poppins style, where it's just like he's still 2D. Or like Roger, uh, the new, you know, the, the fucking hamsters. What are they called? Rescue Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, what, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Make it like that, where, it, where he's 2D the whole time. The fucking hamsters. The fucking hamsters. You know, the, the, little, sh- the little shits. <laughs> That's too funny. I'm glad you liked my my hamsters. Yay on Bugs Bunny animated hybrid. We'll see how it goes. I'll I'll give it a yay. I'm always down for Looney Tunes stuff. Let's wait for a trailer to make any kind of decision. True. I have Netflix news, and it's weird because it confuses most people. I knew I wasn't aware of this already, but did you know that Netflix still had DVDs? Because I I knew that my brother still uses that service. Yes. The DVD is shutting down for 25 business days. Nope, nope. <laughs> Netflix is shutting down their DVD business after 25 years. Not the same thing as 25 business days. It's a bit different. I don't know. I'm going to give this a nay because my brother likes using it still. <laughs> like, it's a weird thing to have, but it kind of sucks that's going away. Yeah. It is their only profitable part still. Look, Netflix has been on the the pathway of just wanting to die, and they're too stupid to realize that's what they've set themselves on. Like, it's literally the only vision they have that makes profits, isn't it, the DVD section. So it's very bizarre that they're like, you know what, let's cut that. <laughs> Fucking hamsters. <laughs> I think that's a good insult. Call anyone now a fucking hamster. If you can't remember their name, just refer to them as a hamster from now on. That should be our first piece of merger shirt that just says fucking hamsters. Would you wear that? I would love to wear that. <laughs> oh, God. We have, in the realm of movie news, oh, the Writers Guild of America has now gone on strike. And today is the fifth day. How do you feel right now, Josh, about this? Good. Yes. We both stand with WGA, and our WGA is strong fully. I support them fully. Do not scab. What that means, essentially, is if you are looking to work in film right now, do not write for a union job. Even if you're non-union, and you say union position and wanting to hire a writer, don't write for them. Don't don't say anything in right now. Don't do it. In general, don't cross the picket line. Like, literally do not walk past it, because that's showing that you're willing to do that. You're seeing what people are doing. Uh, if you say, if you of course picket lines don't apply to like Oklahoma or like Kansas or whatever, I'm saying, but you know, around the studios, try to be ethical and good. Like pay your writers their fair wages. A big portion of this comes from streaming. I don't know how the last big writer strike, uh, which is 2007, 2008, 
was because of a lot of it was because of back end money, um, which is always almost always how it comes down to. It came down to uh, reruns because TV was picking up a lot more syndication their shows and things were getting ran again and again. And then they want to get paid fairly for their shows being aired again. And now with streaming, they get paid so little for people watching their things uh, or for things even just being all streaming services, really. So it's a way for them to, writers to actually get paid in their residuals fairly. That way they can continue to support themselves while being a writer instead of having to get extra jobs, etc. And most students right now are paying the lowest of what they're allowed to pay possible to writers, which really sucks. Like, it's it's honestly really eye-opening when you hear them talk about how little they get. Like, there's a writer for Gene the Virgin, um, an episode that they wrote, their residual check from Netflix was, like, three cents. And then the the writers of A Quiet Place, they said that they were offered a few years ago to write for a show on net, on a really big streaming service. They were offered 40000 Not 40000 each. 40000 for the both of them together. And then when you factor in, like, all the things of, like, agents splitting it between the two of them and, like, lots of other factors, plus working over 40 hours a week, that is less than minimum wage of what they were earning. Yeah. And also with increasing pre- prevalency of AI right now, a big portion is to saying, hey don't write AI scripts because that relaxed, lacks all the soul. One of my favorite signs was saying uh, chat GPT doesn't have a childhood trauma. Yeah, but but also what people don't realize about AI, and I'm talking to all tech bros here especially, uh, AI steals. That's how it works. Yeah. It, it looks online for anything of what people have written, created, and like takes the pieces of that to form something new. But what they form is too perfect and what that means is like it doesn't sound like how a human talks at all in like any kind of way shape or form you need the imperfections in order for it to have character have meaning have symbolism because if everything is perfect then nothing is actually being said and if you are currently like oh my show is being delayed that's okay that's good that's a thousand things to watch right now millions of things watch something else it's okay the kind, of, the whole point is, a strike should disrupt stuff. If it's not disrupting stuff, then nothing is actually getting then done. Nothing is getting done. Right, exactly. Um, unfortunately, right now, according to um, above the line, multiple studios are exploring using AI, multiple studios, to generate scripts based on books and other public domain IP. And not only that, but they want once the strike ends, then they'll want the writer, they they'll want to hire writers to fix the scripts, which means they already know that the scripts that are produced by AI are bad, but they're still going to go through it anyway, so that way they can pay writers even less. And writers right now are asking for two percent, uh, uh, not like individual writers. All of WGA is asking for like two percent of like all the revenue, which is so little. Is is fascinating just the reaction of studios with with this whole thing especially for shows like r- shows live and die by the writers directors barely have any say at all in shows everything goes through the writers from pre-production all the way through post-production because that's how it works in that landscape and the fact they're getting it paid as little as they are for it is kind of insane i'm very worried about shows that are currently still happening right now like Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, Andor, those are still going through with no showrunners or writers on sets. And that's a problem, because you need writers on there to fix things of dialogue, things of logic, and, like, there's so many problems that happen on sets that you have to fix on the fly, and you need a writer to be able to fix said problems so it works, it makes sense. And those shows 
are very, very lore heavy. And, you know, if you get something wrong and you don't have someone there to fix it, you're kind of screwed. Similarly, we have things like Deadpool 3 coming out right now, and there will be no writers on set. They can't write new, they can't write new jokes, they can't fix current problems that aren't working, etc. Yeah. But a good thing that did just um, get announced is the creators, the Duffer Brothers of Stranger uh-huh. Things, they are not going to be filming Stranger Things, the final season, until the strike, you know, everything gets resolved. Because they know that that is Netflix's biggest show. And by signaling to them, like, hey, screw you, we're not going to make your biggest thing until you get this right. Like, that is a good thing. Also, Duffers, first and foremost, are writers. So they understand how this feels. Um, that's how showrunners work. So this is all fascinating stuff. We're not going to get dive much more than that. If you want to hear more about this stuff, email us in like the show at podgeekspeak at gmail.com, and we will address all of it more thorough. We'll address any comments, questions, or concerns. Because also, I could literally go to pick... I'm in Los Angeles. I could drive down there and ask act writers your exact questions right now. So please, send stuff in. Uh, you can tweet us at hashtag geekspeakpod or geekspeakpod on Twitter, or email us, like I said, at podgeekspeak at gmail.com. And we will respond to you. We will try to engage and inform as best we can. Because this also is mostly a pop culture podcast. This is really important. Quite so. But now we're moving off of that, Josh, to trailers, a.k.a. my favorite segment, Wheat Truck Time. <laughs> Which is a reference now, like, six episodes older sling? Whatever. I don't know. Did you watch the Gran Turismo trailer for the video game movie? I did. I remember hearing this movie get announced. I'm just like, so... So you're going to make a movie about a video game series that's just about racing cars. That's stupid. But then when you actually watch the trailer, that is that is what it's about. But it's actually based on a true story. And it's an interesting true story. It's a story of people who are playing Gran Turismo. And it's like this, this very rich guy uh, puts together a contest for uh, the best players of Gran Turismo uh, to get together and, you know, find which one of them is the best train and then train them to race like these actual like cars in a big, you know, Gran Turismo type race. Yeah, this looks really fun. And I like David Harbour and the idea of running a race a thousand times in a game and then kind of knowing in real life would make sense. So I'm yeah. down with that. It, it looks it looks very interesting. Uh, I'm not a fan of the poster, mainly because he's holding a PS5 controller in his hand. I get the idea. I just don't like the way it looks. That's so stupid. I'm aware. Oh, we also got the Across the Spider-Verse trailer, where they singled out what happened in No Way Home. Yes. And I love that. Because also, even the Spider-Verse writers understand that it's 10.99.99. It is not 616, or, like Feige or, wants you to believe. Or 99999 yes. It's complicated and stupid, but the comic universe is six. OG comic universe is six one six. Also, the fact that people are making the MCU six one six in the first place is even more dumb. Because the whole point of calling the um, comic universe that was that the number was arbitrary and didn't mean anything. So when you're putting that importance on that number, it undoes the point of why they named it in the first place. And what's funny is, is like in Far From Home, they make the reference that um, this is Earth Dimension 616, but then you find out that Mysterio and everything about him was a bunch of bullshit, so it adds to that. But then, now we're in the multiverse saga, and now that's technically true. To be fair, the Multiverse of Madness girl, what's her name? Christine Palmer claims it, and another world calls them that. So it it's kind of nonsense. It's kind of they have multiple nonsensical ways to keep calling it that. But also Eric Sugg would call it, call it that in Thor: The Dark World. 
Look, all I know is that Amon Vellani called out Feige on the Miss Marvel red carpet about being 616, and I love her for that. <laughs> it's Earth 1999-99. It always has been and always will. That's kind of the whole point. Of, it's mostly for us nerds to understand which, which Earth people are talking about in different Elseworlds. And so if you make it more confusing, that's stupid. But anyway, the Spider-Verse trailer talked about Doctor Strange and that little twerp from Earth 1999. I'm like, that's, that's great. That's great. I love that. The trailer was really fun. I think it's a little odd to me how beefy Miguel O'Hara is. You think that's weird? He's so big! Have you seen that man's shoulders? <laughs> it seems fine to me. He's a fucking tractor, Josh! <laughs> what do you mean? You're telling you're telling me Oscar you're telling me Oscar Isaac isn't a tractor in real life. I'm not talking about Miguel O'Hara. He is too large. <laughs> it's quite bothersome to look at. It's an animated movie where everyone has different proportions. I'm fine with it. Like, I get Kingpin was just a bowling ball in the first one. But in this, it just felt bizarre. Also, why is he shaped that way? He's like a little Dorito triangle little fuck. His shoulders are so big and his legs are so skinny. Why is he a triangle? I don't understand. Uh, also, I don't, I don't get change in his suit from the post credits in the last one. I'm just not a fan of the look of overall change. Because I, I just think it was cooler before. They really emphasized the skull-ish pattern on the spider in his chest. And I, it's fine. I think it's fine to me. I, I it's got fine. no problems with it. I, you don't got no problem? I got no problem. You don't got no problem? Hey, I'm, I'm going to break every bone in his body. I'm Bob Hoskins Mario. <laughs> Spider-Man's hair was fun. I give it a yay. Yay. Fucking Dorito-ass bitch. Barbie trailer? Yay? Yay. No other thoughts. You know, just the... Because I love the line, though, because her boyfriend and girlfriend. Look, the way that was said was great. Um, you want to go over? Why? Because her boyfriend... Oh. <laughs> and do what? I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was really fun. I liked it a lot. I liked the cast. Everything. I'm going to see day one. We're going to see day one. I do oh, think yeah. in AMC, the AMC Theater um, giant cardboard pop-out of the Oppenheimer countdown is incredibly ominous. Have you seen that? Yeah. I hate it. It's like, this is when Nolan will murder you all with a real bomb. Ah, thank you. This is what we asked for. We get the Marvelous trailer, Josh. You watched that and loved it, right? Yes. Me too. Iman Vellani is great. Brie Larson is fantastic. Everyone in this looks fantastic. Everyone's having a great time. I'm loving it. I love the idea of when these, when you use your powers, you swap positions. That'd be such a fun video game, first off. Oh, yeah. But also, what a cool way to make choreographed combat scenes in this now. Yeah. And what a difficult way to film them. Oh, yeah. That's looking to be a lot of match cuts. Ah, uh, yay. Yay, 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 yay. Yay, yay. Yay, 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 yeah. I love him on pure terror in her scream at the flurkin. <laughs> that was, oh my god, that was an amazing reaction. Um, She's a great actress, and I'm excited to see what she does in the future as well. Yeah. Now we have the thing I don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about because it's obligatory DC shit with the trailer called The Flash. A.K.A. The Batman again. Uh, before we talk about it, I'll say what we said before. Don't see it in theaters, please. Just don't, I know that you want to see it in theaters because big screen stuff. Just don't. Wait wait till it drops on Max instead of HBO Max. Wait till it drops on, on a streaming service. And then wait a month after that. That way all the metrics are done. And you're no longer telling any part of WB that you want Ezra back. It helps them in none at that point, pretty much. Like a very, very, very little at all. And it's a good way to say, F you to Ezra, we, don't, we do not want them back. But because our entire show is built on DC and Marvel mostly, we have to talk about it. 
Josh, Flash trailer looked fun to you at least. It, I hate how much I like this trailer. Josh and I are not just WGA strong, we are also anti-Ezra strong. <laughs> We've been anti-Ezra strong for a while now. Uh, we had a recurring segment for a while called Ezra News, and at one point we were like, Wanna talk about it? No, no, and it stopped. Because, like, this is just, it got excessive. Fuck you, Ezra Miller. I used to love Ezra Miller as an actor so much. Perks being a wallflower is still their oh, yeah. best performance. Yeah, I also like, I like them as The Flash. I don't give a fuck about Ezra Miller now. But also, this trailer, it looks fun. We get Michael Keaton saying, Let, wanna get nuts, let's get nuts, and it has zero impact because it's said with no emotion and no meaning. It's also weird he says it again, like, contextually. Like, in Willem Dafoe, in Willem Dafoe, when Willem Dafoe says, you know, I'm talking with a scientist myself, it was a throwaway line in the first one, and then it works as kind of a throwaway line again in No Way Home, because it's like he might just say, like, out of, casually, because it's like, that's just a normal thing to say, you know, just, you know, to bring it up in conversation. But you want to get nuts, let's get nuts, does not make any goddamn sense in the context of this movie, because in the first film, he said it in a heated thing, Try to save someone's life as Bruce Wayne talking to the Joker. And it had no other... Im- it wasn't like a... It wasn't an impactful line. It was just like, hey, I'm trying to save someone here. Get get, get behind me. Let's, let's battle. In this, it's just like, I'm just saying the thing that you know. Here we go. It doesn't, It makes no sense. Don't support this movie, please. Please don't. We are actually begging this point. Because my first stance, for years, my first stance was in general... That if an actor does something problematic after the movie was already made, then go see it still because it's for everyone else. But at this point, this doesn't apply to this movie because they, they, they keep doing bad stuff consistently. It wasn't like they're brushed away and stuff. And I, I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'd be more okay with people seeing this if they said definitively, Ezra's done with WB. But they've been like, we'll see. Like, we're open to keeping them. Like, no, please. Just... I feel like it'd be more beneficial to say Ezra's done. This is their last movie. But come see it for everyone else who worked so hard on it. That would, I would gain a lot of respect for that. But no. Ezra Miller, fuck you. This trailer, Josh. What else do you want to talk about for it? Some of the visuals look good. Some of them, not so hot. You love the 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 past Batman Flash suit. I fucking despise <laughs> it with all my heart. <laughs> it is legitimately probably the worst suit I've seen in a, in a live-action superhero movie. It's just... Everything about it is wrong. It's bizarre. Did you watch this trailer for The Ballad of Songbirds and Bad Boys? Yes. Um, what did you think? It looks very good and very interesting. I love the cast. I still can't get the actor that plays Young Snow looking like a young Rob McElhenney when he has his hair shaved. Don't ask me why. That's all I see. That's just, that's all I see. <laughs> bizarre. It looks really good. Hope it is political, very political. I don't want to. I don't want to see barely any games at all. From the way the trailer looks, it seems like it's going to very lean heavily into the politics of the whole thing. Because people keep asking, well, "I want to see the games of Hamish. I want to see the games of like, Johanna." I'm like, "You missed the point of the Hunger Games. You are completely missing the point." <laughs> like Mockingjay in theory should be the best because there's no games. When in reality, the first half of Catching Fire is the best. Yeah, <laughs> because that's when it just as you see the world as the yeah, it's more interesting. I think Mockingjay as one movie could have been an incredible film. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I've reread parts of the book now. I'm like, you know what? Cat is actually a lot more interesting now as an adult reading this instead of a child. I think I hate her, her, her thought process as a child. I'm like, I didn't get it as much. Yeah. I don't know. But Ballast Humber's and Snakes, I, it looks fine.
Dune 2, Electric Boogaloo, did you watch The Poo? Did you watch it? <laughs> I did. I am so goddamn excited for this. Are you sure you're excited for it? I'm very excited. I just think that it looks boring. But also, I think the first one looked boring, too. I don't know how... The first one to me, I still have no idea how I feel about it. I'm watching it I'll watch it again before I watch the new one. I don't know. I'm excited to still see it. It's a lot of sand. It is. I think visually, I'm not a fan of the way it looks. Really? That's why I went both of them. That's how I, that's, I, I think it just looks... It's it looks too, incredible. It's too sandy! Give me something else besides sand to look at, please! <laughs> it's all the dunes, Josh. There's so many dunes. Oh, Star Wars. It's a thing. We had Star Wars Celebration recently, which I don't really... I, do you celebrate Star Wars? I don't know. Eh. Taika Kamiti. Taika White... Taika Kipipi... Taika White Edie. Taika Waititi. That's a man. Ow. He is a poorly... Reportedly? He is reported... I can't... You know, today we don't have good brains, Josh, you and me. Yeah. He is reportedly committed to directing his Star Wars film next year. And the top comment is, is this a threat? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a very funny reply. But also, people... The 180 that people did on Taika Waititi is insane to me. I'm just like, he are was, we... Like, I, if you don't like Love and Thunder, that's fine. You're allowed to not like it. But, like, you look at the rest of what he has done. It's He's very good at what he does. <laughs> He was praised for, like, years and years as an amazing director and visionary person. One movie came out, and people were like, yeah, never mind. He sucks. He's awful. Never again. I'm like, what the hell? A lot of it comes, I think, down to racism. Because he's not a white person, people just say or have a, have a higher standard and are more easily okay to, to quit on someone faster, which really sucks in our, in our world. I'm willing to bet once his, uh, his next movie with Michael Fassbender comes out, I'm willing to bet people will 180 again. See, he, I'm consistent, if nothing else, Josh. <laughs> you know me. This is true. I don't like Ragnarok or Love and Thunder. And that, but I also like Taika as a director. Like, I don't hate him at all. I think he... I've seen uh, Hundreds of Little People. I absolutely fucking loved it. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is amazing. Uh, I'm not watching Roger Rabbit yet. I will at some point, eventually, in my life. But I think he's great, and I think he's fun. I don't like his Thor films because they weren't for me. Like, that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's okay for directors to make things that are not for you sometimes. I, sure, Star Wars is fun. I think that's the point. Star Wars should just be fun. Let us just have fun, please. Just, please, I just, I want Star Wars movies again, please. Well, on that note, here's three Star Wars movies announced. Josh from Star Wars Celebration. These are the biggest takeaways, I think, for the whole thing to me. We don't watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, we're going to get Andor Season 2 again, but okay. Do you want Andor Season 2? I haven't finished season one, but I fucking love it. It is legitimately, it's one of the best things Star Wars has ever done. I think the idea of the end of season two is called, it should just be called Rogue One and just play the movie again. Well, <laughs> the, the creator says um, the last few episodes are like the three days before Rogue One happens. Gotcha. So yeah, season two is just Rogue One. Just do that. <laughs> okay, so first things first is we have Daisy Ridley returning as Rey Skywalker. I'm saying it again. As Ray Skywalker, if you are gonna click off the podcast now, okay. Honestly, hey, I don't care if you call her Skywalker or not. Just like, let her be her. <laughs> like, here, here's another thing to get you off the podcast in case you don't like us. Um, Last Jedi is good. That's it. Also, if you if you don't like it, that's, you can. Re- I'm not. We're not trying to leave, leave viewers. All, we're not trying to lose viewers. Also, I'm just saying that like if you vehemently hate it, I want to know why. 
And don't say the phrase, it's a good movie, but a bad Star Wars movie. That is the dumbest thing you could say. And we're not trying to insult you if you feel that way. Well, maybe Josh is. But I'm not trying yes. to insult you if you feel that way. Just like, I want to know what your thoughts are and break down why it's a bad Star Wars movie. Because, like, I want to hear what you think it makes a Star Wars movie then. Is it just lightsabers? Like, what defines Star Wars to you? That's actually an interesting question I would like to if, discuss sometime. If it's if it's just like what prequels did, then I'm sorry, but that's just wrong. Ray will rebuild the Jedi Order is the rest of the movie's about. And I'm so anti this. I'm so, so against this. The idea, not Ray coming back. Ray coming back, I'm fine with, but yeah, why she's coming same. back. I think it, it definitely is anti-Last Jedi. It's definitely anti-everything that was being built up. Like, she shouldn't be building up the Jedi again. It needs to be something different, because that's the whole point of The Last Jedi. Like, the old ways were bad. It's what led to all of this. You need to do something new. And obviously, Which, like, even Luke says, like, the Jedi aren't going to be gone. He's not wrong in that. But this just makes it sound like that they're just like, oh, we're just going to build up the Jedi again. And just like, then you missed the whole point. I also think that it could be this, like, a, a quick way to say it. It could, it could be. be like, a, a definitely more in-depth look at what makes the, what makes the Jedi fall with interesting and, you know, the whole idea of it. And it could be about rebuilding the Jedi Order. It could be building a new Jedi Order. Like, it actually like a, a better structure, a, you know, a, a new... Something new from the ashes, more positive, and it absolutely could be interesting like that. And I, sure, we'll see. But I love that she's coming back. I think that's fantastic. Yes. Also, I if you want her to be Palpatine, you have the right to want her to be that like, for whatever. Like if you think it'd be cool for her to reclaim that idea, that's fine. It's the people who refuse to call her Skywalker because that's her chosen name. That's what bothers me. I just my thing about if you like you know saying like she should have accepted like her being a Palpatine. I'm like. Okay, I hear you, but also that's like saying that you're the child of Hitler and you want to do good in the world, but you still keep your name Hitler. It's not going to really help your cause there. Also, I think it's funnier about that to me is that the whole plot of all of Star Wars from it is found family. And yeah, that's what that it emphasizes that at the end because Leia and Luke were her two teachers, pretty much. And that's why I'm like, what do you mean that it's. She's a, at that point. She's a Skywalker, as much of a so like she's all of them. Like, that's her family. Anyway, so Dave Filoni, who of who also directed many episodes of Avatar: Last Airbender, fun fact, will direct a Star Wars film culminating the events of the Mandoverse, as he's called, since it's been called right now. Uh, you know what? Sure. <laughs> Josh, at least finish Mandalorian before you judge it. I'm I I'm will I'm going to but I hate this idea because what made Mandalorian so interesting was it wasn't really tied to anything it was doing its own thing but then by season two you start getting all these cameos and stuff it's just like okay I'm not not digging that but like I guess it's fine and then season three has been happening and then you have Book of Boba Fett and then you have the Ahsoka show and apparently it's all getting tied up into one big thing and I'm just like this is not what I wanted I don't like this idea. If they ever do Clone Wars flashbacks, though, like actually in the Clone Wars, give them their Clone Wars TV show or live action armor with Hayden and Ewan. That's some cool armor. That's all. That's my only thought on that. I Sure, whatever. I, I don't watch Mandalorian. I don't have a stake in this fight. I just want to say this because it's part of the news. And I'll, at least we're getting more movies, Josh. It's not just TV. Yeah, but I don't want this movie. <laughs> but I want... <laughs> Well, you like James Mangold, you like Logan and stuff. He's making a movie for Star Wars. Yes, this idea sounds really cool. 
it'll be a biblical epic, as, I, as he describes it. And the idea is it's, it's, it's the beginning of the era of Star Wars. It follows a film called Dawn of the Jedi, which comes before the Old Republic. Like, this is the beginning of time, essentially, like, the starts of the Jedi. Like, this is a very cool idea. This is kind of what I've been waiting for for Star Wars, to do something so far off from what we know as the Star Wars timeline and do something completely different. This sounds very cool. What if we get Darth Plagueis the Wise, Josh? I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you could, you could, I trust James Mangold. Why not? I just don't want, I want to be away from this set time of Skywalkers. <laughs> Give us only Skywalkers from now on. Uh, we have, that's it for our Star Wars news, Josh. What do you think? A lot of mixed bags. Yay on Mangold writing? Yes. Directing movie? Yeah. Uh, let's go to DC. Oh, no. I only have a few things. Don't worry. Uh, and like all of it. It's about Marvel actors going to DZ. <laughs> of, I'm pretty sure. Frank Grillo confirms he has a role in DC in James Gunn's DCU. Um, he confirmed that to comicbookmovie.com and stuff, and cool. He's a good actor. I hope he gets utilized more. He'd be a cool Deathstroke. Yeah, like, he's he's got the charisma and talent that I think that he could pull off a pretty sizable role. Uh, similarly, from the, from, uh, the fun Guardians world with James Gunn, Palm Clementoff, Clement, Clip, Palm I, K. Yeah. I've heard it pronounced numerous times. I'm just, and not that I'm not trying, but I've heard it said differently every time. I think it's Palm Clementoff, uh, Clementif. She says that she had, has had conversations now with James Gunn to join the DCU as a currently unknown character. She says, I knew about the character beforehand and thought the character was fucking cool. Awesome. I'm down for that. She'd be a cool Starfire. Ooh. So. That's almost all our news for DC, which is also a relief. Yeah. It's been all like a month, and DC's been like, yeah, we're doing well. We're, we're working on stuff. That's great. James Gunn responds, yes, when asked if any of the Guardians of the Galaxy will be in Superman Legacy. Please have it just be Sean Gunn. That'd be so funny. That'd be really funny. I mean, you brought up to me that Will Poulter could be a good Jimmy Olsen. And I like the idea of that. Someone said Michael Rooker is Perry White. That'd be fucking hilarious. If, if anyone's going to be in James Gunn's Superman movie, it's going to be Michael Rooker because he puts him in all his movies. It, it will probably also be Sean Gunn at some point. That's, I, that's oh, what yeah. I'm thinking. Well, no, he's already got him as Weasel. He could be everyone in every movie. No, he's already Calendar Man, too. Maybe that's who Superman's fighting, is Calendar Man. That's also in The Suicide Squad. I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen yet, everything. True. Uh, someone said Jenna Ortega is Sue Storm. Dear God. I'm just yeah. like you do understand. Someone's like that. you do understand. She's supposed to be the older sibling, right? I I like the idea of this in general. I would love the idea of Dave Bautista though as Lex Luthor. Ooh, that would be interesting. A big beefy Lex. Yes. We have our last piece of DC news now, Josh, and that is that Superman Legacy will reportedly begin filming in Atlanta, Georgia, next January. Cool. Cool. Yay on all these DC news. We give a flat yay to every piece of DC news today, Josh. Woo! Well, besides the trailer for Flash. I'll give a nay to the Flash trailer just because it's, you know, obvious reasons. And we are going to be ending our uh, discussion today with Marvel news. Marvel! First off, Mia Goth, you might know from Pearl and X and stuff, has been cast in Blade. She better, she better be the villain. I think that'd be really fun. She's playing Blade. <laughs> that'd be different. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Is she not 
What? what different from how, Josh? What's, what's, what's different about it? Um, um, a few things, I think. She's not a vampire. That's what it is. That, that uh, sure. Weirdly enough, the Amazing Spider-Man and the Raimi Spider-Man movies are now on Disney Plus, except for Tasm Two. Yeah, Tasm Two isn't on there, and then only Spider-Man: Homecoming is on there, but not Far From Home or No Way Home, which is it's, weird. It's because the licensing is finally switching over from things. But no, I, mean, I, I get that. But it's just it's just funny to me. Like you got some of them, but not all of them. You get what you can get. And don't throw a fit. <laughs> you get the you get the first Venom. Enjoy. Do you really know? Oh, God. Venom is on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's a odd sentence to me. Yes. Also, Craven is going to be rated R now in this Bumpk universe. So that played at CinemaCon. <laughs> People seem to actually enjoy it too, and he's not just a straight animal lover, which we predict, which we talked about before. It fucking uh, kill. It kills me that for both Venom movies, they're PG thirteen, but Craven gets to be rated R. Sure, Rhino will be in it. I don't know what capacity yet, but... Um, sure, why not? Make Rhino his biggest catch now. Until the actual Rhino. Just a normal Rhino. Just give me Paul Giamatti back as Rhino. Get, let him redeem himself. <laughs> let Paul Giamatti voice a CGI normal Rhino. Just a normal, in the safari, just a normal fucking Rhino. Just voiced by Paul Giamatti. Just talking <laughs> to, to Aaron Taylor Johnson. Andy Samberg is going to be playing Ben Riley in, in the Spider-Verse. Fun. Yep, yay. Yay. Yay or Neon Kriven being rated R? I don't know. <laughs> Yay or Neon Kriven being having Rhino in it? Yay. Yay. Make it Paul Giamatti and make it a normal Rhino. Don't make it the character of the Rhino. Just a Rhino, please. <laughs> Josh Gad cast in Wonder Man. I almost said Wonder Woman in the movie, in the show Wonder Man. Uh, I have no idea who he'll be playing. Yeah, this is this is one of like I can't really give an opinion on because I like Josh Gad, you know, the actor. I just don't know what he's gonna play. But Wonder Man's a cool character. I talked about it before how he's like an actor and he has an agent and all this other stuff. But like, sure. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, that was all the news. Now um, we can talk briefly now to end the show off. We're not doing a super good story. Just talking about a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy, non-spoilery. Just a few of our thoughts. And again, if you are gonna top out now. It's okay, you can skip this part to the next thing. Josh loved it. I very much did. I think two is still the best to me out of all of them, but this was a damn near perfect ending for this series in, in my eye. I cried many, many times. It broke me a lot. Uh, the action was fantastic. There's a wonder in this that just kind of blew my mind just from a lot of things. And... Oh my god, that final kneel drop just gets me every time. It's very good. Okay. Now, Josh. I'm very curious what your opinion is, because I know your opinions on the second one. <laughs> I am nothing if not consistent, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, perfection. Number two, not good. Number three, better than two. <laughs> it is good. I think it's net good. I have a lot of issues with it. I think it's more good than bad. I think a lot of issues stem from the second one, and a lot of things I just have like, things just keep carrying over to me. Uh, and that's just gonna be how it is for at this point. But I will say it is tonally a mess to me. Really, uh, I thought the, I thought the tone was fairly consistent through most of it. I I, I understand. I believe that you think that. <laughs> 
a lot of people. I don't see a lot of people out there who do agree with me. I'm not I'm not alone in thinking this. Uh, I also think that it, here's if you saw the trailers and thought it'd be like a scene of Animal Beast you can close your eyes for, walk out for, and come back in. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, it might be very triggering for. There's animal abuse the entire movie. Like, it's, it's sprinkled throughout, just to be more extra painful. And if you can't handle that, I'll let you know ahead of time, a content warning for the movie, a lot of people are very upset about the amount of animal endangerment and torture in this movie. I think my Nebula is my favorite guardian now. I will yep. say that. I love her. I love the... There's a moment where she, like, almost cries, and like, you can see her hand clutch her heart and feel like this sense of relief at one point. And... It got me really emotional, like because because of reasons I can't talk about. <laughs> but overall, if you have seen the, also if you've seen the movie, you know you know why I'm talking about that. And there's things that carry over her in Infinity War Endgame. People don't think about because there's a lot of things that she was away from the guard. Most of the guardians were gone in Endgame, so it was just her and Rocket left. So they're, you know they they were really close a lot of the time. So there's a lot of things that you can see their relationship and blossom and stuff. There's a lot of details like that I liked a lot. I will say, I saw a review that said. My bad for not knowing I had to watch two Avengers movie and a Hollywood special before seeing this. Guess it's uh my guess that's my fault. I guess I'm like yeah that kind of sucks because I made a TikTok, TikTok about this how there aren't really any MCU trilogies. I told you about this before too, and it's just kind of a thing. There's not really trilogies anymore. It's just kind of like if you you can't watch one to two to three of any MCU trilogy. Yeah, you have to. And that kind of sucks. I think you can do Iron Man trilogy. The only thing that's actually a trilogy because you could watch one to two or three and it still makes sense. I mean, three, like, you have uh, Avengers that took place before. His PTSD oh, from that is a pretty central factor. <laughs> I know, but like, if you, it looks like, but it's, if you watch, uh, those before, if you watch them one, two, three, it sets up of the whole number two is pretty much setting up the idea of Avengers, and he comes back having done the Avengers. You can still watch those really in order and not really miss anything. And I, I mean, comparatively compared to everything else. This one, you would miss a lot if you went to two to three. They even have a scene in an elevator where they have to kind of recap what happened. It's a little bit too late. They should have done that right in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fun. I like Cosmo. Good dog. Um, yes. I I think my only two issues I had with it were the first one being everything kind of around Gamora. I, th- I don't think like her writing or anything was bad. Very well performed and everything. But the kind of situation that Infinity War and Endgame kind of put Gunn into. It's you can really kind of, awkward. You can feel his frustration with it. Yeah. They have no idea what to do with Gamora in this movie. Yeah, I think by the end, I think like her conclusion, I think was good. But overall, I'm just like the you can sense his frustration. And then the second thing is Adam Warlock. It felt more like Gunn put him in this because of like kind of fulfilling an obligation. It's just like I I teased him at the end of Guardians too, so I kind of had to put him in here. Like he, again, not written or badly performed or anything, but just he just kind of keeps popping up in and out, and he's not doesn't feel super necessary to the story. There there are ways that he could have worked better, but it, at, it is but, funny that they, at the end they kind of do it the creation of Adam God and Adam moment. Yeah, um, but I I agree. Adam Warlock was disappointing. I, I like Will Poulter as the character. I think there's a lot of room for him. But just, like, in this, like, it just, he didn't feel super necessary. One thing I liked about this movie is that it is, but for better or worse, an ending. Yes. I like finality in this never-ending series of movies and shows that will never, ever stop. Having things end is nice. Yes. And obviously, you know, we'll see, we'll probably see, you know, someone pop up, like, in Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty. Like, that's how it's going to happen. But, like... As this team is, and as this series is, it is over now, which I'm very happy with. 
I also like having a villain that is not. He was kind of right. Yeah, he this this awful. is a villain of just like he is wrong from beginning to end, and he's just evil. I will say, people who thought that he will finally is not political. What do you think eugenics is? What do you think? What do you think is? It? What do you like, like this? This is so political. Like all of comic books are political, but yeah. Uh, I again, I think it's net good. I have more good than bad. I think I was underwhelmed overall. I'm glad I saw it. People who are annoyed at Chris Pratt in in general, I think, might come back to him more in this movie. He he does a very good job with him uh, in this. And I think it's because of how much Gunn has like let the character grow like over the series. Like he he still feels the same, but you can tell like Star Lord has matured, and it's very refreshing to see. I don't want to, and we're not, this is not an official discussion. Like we're not having like a whole main segment about this. So we already no. talked about an hour straight about news. So I'm just gonna say again briefly. I am nothing if not consistent. <laughs> I I don't flip. Josh flips a lot sometimes. I don't do that much. I just, I'm like I just I get I can understand your guardians too stuff. But how do you think the first one is perfect when Ronan is the most generic and boring villain that they could have chosen for it? I don't think I don't think villain's important in the first one. I, I don't, think I don't he, think it, he kind of is. No, no, I I too high of bar. I think it's pretty much perfect. Yeah, yeah, Ronan sucks. But like I don't think the villain matters he's as much of a villain as a MacGuffin. like it doesn't it's not as important that one it's it's just an obstacle and i can you could replace him with a plant and it'd be fine uh <laughs> i don't <laughs> with a plant i don't mean a group plant i mean a different kind of plant you know like a ficus <laughs> uh i can get into more i don't want to we don't have time today josh <laughs> i know i'm just i was just confused for me i don't think the villain is necessary like, it's necessary to have a villain but like that it's not really what it's about it's about these strangers bonding and all this weird stuff happening. And I, I love the balance of tones and we got to look how refreshing it was. Like a lot of stuff with it. Um, I think number two undid a lot of stuff in the first one to me. I liked a lot. I also am kind of tired of the bed of misfits fracture doesn't get along, but they have to come back. But they, by the end, they all work out the differences. It, that shouldn't have to happen three times. I did not think kinda... that, I did not think that really happened here. Like there was, there was moments of it, but I think overall it was far more consistent. I would say a lot more, yes. I, I, I have, I still have problems with it, but it's again. I'm not gonna get into it here. I can't get into it here. We don't have time today. I am nothing. I'm not consistent. <laughs> and I don't dislike Guardians Two. I think it's fine. I don't. I don't think there's a. Mm, I'll say I don't think there's a bad MCU film. I changed my mind since watching Thor: Love and Thunder. I think there's one bad MCU film. <laughs> I think there's one too, and mine is a Thor movie also, but not Love and Thunder. Thor 2 is not bad, it's just fine. We'll discuss oh. this again off air. Oh no, it wasn't Thor 2, it was Thor 1. You think Thor 1 is worse than Thor 2? Oh yeah, it is a it is a tonal mess. Like, the comedy doesn't work, the action is boring and bad. The only good thing about it was the, you know, brotherly, you know, story between Thor and Loki. But most of it is stuck in Arizona with unfunny Natalie Portman and unfunny Cat Nettings. And I'm just like, I hate everything. First off, it's New Mexico. Whatever, it's a desert. <laughs> This is why we're friends, everyone, John. Josh and I don't give a shit about the other person's opinion in a mean way. We're like, we're like, you know, that's fool. And move on. Thank you all so much for listening today. We are enjoying being back. Josh is going to edit the next few episodes probably while I catch up on a lot of stuff. Um, I'll, be out, I'll be out of town for about 10 days soon, so I will be a bit, bit busy. Um, so if things get delayed again, that's why. But we're really trying to get things back on track again. Next episode will be maybe Fast and Furious related. Who knows? We'll find out. Next time on Dragon Ball Z.
Josh, where can people find you online? Oh, I'm on the places. Uh, I'm still on Twitter, as some people are, at jandescorberty28. <laughs> uh, Instagram, jandescorberty16. YouTube, at Josh Rudolph. And you can find me online at Twitter, at the theater nerd, and that's E-R, not R-E. And you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at That Nerd Theater. My film, No Weddings, which, which we talked about before on the senior film episode, actually just won an award at a film festival. Woo! Uh, called The festival is called Roma Short Film Festival, and the award was Best Actress. So congrats to Michelle Rizzo and, of course, the entire team working on the film, bringing it to life and getting it performed and all that stuff happening. That's great. I'm excited to show it to you all whenever I can, but festivals take a lot of time and a lot of money and... You know, etc. You can email the show at podgeekspeak at gmail.com or at tweet us at hashtag geekspeakpod with or it's geekspeakpod on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, Josh is a floor hater. And that is well known. This is, again, incorrect. You can't stop me from spreading this lie. <laughs> All right. See y'all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.